0: All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Student Athlete Sessions with D3 Direct. Today we're joined by Chelsea Sweers, former Christopher Newport University standout, all-American. The list of accolades goes on and on. Chelsea, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time coming. We've been uh, trying to get a a show together so we can talk about the amazing season. uh, that. In addition to all of your uh, individual and team accomplishments that you had during your, your time at Christopher Newport. I also want to just bring you on to get your perspective on the number one ranked CNU ladies team this year and, and what they're doing. So, um, but I think before we get into that, I'd love to start as we do with most people, just allow you to give yourself an introduction and, uh, you know, share what you majored in, um, where you came, where you come from, anything else you feel is important.
1: Okay. So I'm Chelsea. I graduated from Christopher Newport in 2011. I am originally from Virginia Beach. I am a communications major from CNU. Uh, I started playing basketball when I was six, basically at the babysitters with my brother. I was the only girl, so that's kind of like where I got started. And then I played AAU my whole life until my senior year of high school. And then made the decision to go to CNU because they had a really rich winning tradition. Um, and our head coach Carolyn Hunter was really excited for me to be a part of that. and um, I had done enough losing in high school so I really wanted to be a part of a winning culture. So that's pretty much what was the highlight for me to make my decision to go to CNU.
0: Got gotcha. and you. And you're a local a local kid, that's right. From yeah. The area?
1: 30 minutes. I live 35 minutes away from seeing you. So that helped too.
0: Yeah. What was all that like?
1: Family, you know, all my family and friends would come to all my games and which later down the road was a really hard transition for me overseas. I think not having any fans or any support like that. I knew of those first couple of years was tough because I just wasn't used to that. And I don't think you can prepare for that, but, um, I adjusted.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah you talk about growing up playing with your brother. Is that where you feel like you got some of your edge from some of your game or, or like what, what part of your development, whether it was AAU, high school ball, or, or maybe just those like backyard sessions, where do you feel like you grew the most?
1: I think I definitely grew the most in the backyard sessions. Cause I was always the only girl. And so if I wanted to play, I had to be able to hang with them or they wouldn't pick me. So I think that was where I learned to, you know, be tough and fight and, Honestly, I think that was the biggest turning point for me.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, once you get to CNU, you step on campus and you have a, an incredible freshman year. I think you're you're an All-American. Uh, you, I'm not sure if you set a three-point record your freshman year, but you put up numbers. What, what was that first year like? And um, did you come in with that high of expectations or, or were you a little uh-huh. surprised yourself at how well you did?
1: I think I was a, a definitely a little bit surprised. I don't think it really hit me about, I think my success that season until they named me conference player of the year and rookie of the year for the first time ever in our conference history. And I don't know. I just remember how excited my mom was for me. And I think at that point, I, I kind of knew I had a good season. And then I think the All-American came out after all of that. So, but honestly, I think I knew we made a good run we got upset in our conference tournament that year and I I just remember being like so mad about that so that kind of took away from the other accolades that I got and I just think um but it gave us something to work forward to for the following season and then I think at that point it was kind of like okay I was an all-american as a freshman I think I need, you know I guess that's like the expectation now so just kept working hard and it's kind of a weird spot to be in though as a sophomore thinking that you should be an all-american,
0: but yeah. Out. I mean, was there pressure that came along with that? Like from your teammates, from your coaches, or were you just <sighs> performing? And, and it, like you said, going into the experience, you, you knew that they had a winning tradition at CNU and, and that was just part of the deal.
1: I definitely don't think there was any pressure from my teammates. I think what I remember my coach kind of telling me as a season was going on that I was on the radars and stuff for um, regional player of the year and, you know, conference and things like that. And then I hadn't, I wasn't an all American in high school, so I didn't really understand that. But I remember like throughout the season, my coach was would be, you know, telling me, you, you know, you're putting up all American numbers, numbers as a freshman, things like that. But I definitely think after that first year, you know, coach, that was kind of the expectation moving forward um,
0: for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys had a variety of successes. You ended up winning some conference championships. You make it to a final four. Um, yeah. Walk me through, like, what what do you look back on now? So you graduated in 2011, so we're over yeah. 10 years out. What is, what still sticks with you as, as like your favorite on-court moment, if you had to pick one? Uh,
1: yeah, my junior year when I hit a buzzer beater against Barham, we were 16-0 and and the school record was 17. We were down three with 1.7 seconds to go and hit a buzzer beater in the corner to send us into overtime. And then we won by 12. I think that, that's probably the highlight of my whole basketball, I think, career. That's the biggest shot I definitely remember hitting and I just remember my teammates like in that moment just being like so happy for all of us and that was kind of a turning point for us and then we went on that year we were 30 and 0 and we lost in the sweet 16 but I think having that was a bad I think having not lost any game that year that first loss being the one that knocked us out I think it was like a weird kind of timing for us but I think we took that momentum and how bad that one loss hurt into our senior year where we made the run in the final four so I think it just was kind of like perfect timing for us but definitely that shot against Farron was probably I didn't even hit anything like that overseas
0: game winners yeah it's different especially or or to go take your team into overtime and then set the school record that's pretty cool
1: yeah it was a good for sure and then I think, too, when I went on ESPN Top 10 Plays, that was a pretty big highlight, too, Um, looking back on it. um, You just don't really see many D3 female athletes on ESPN Top 10 Plays. So I think that was cool, too.
0: True. Got to represent. Absolutely.
1: It was just so funny because, like, when the clips were on ESPN, it was, like, so, like, kind of blurry and stuff because we didn't have the best, like, equipment. So I think that was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, there have been a a ton of changes with the, uh, I think just across the level in general. Uh, I'm I'm sure you saw CNUs now in the Coast to Coast Conference, and so they played their tournament final at UC Santa Cruz.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. I can't believe that for sure. That was different.
0: So, yeah, you missed us- out on, on some free flights to California.
1: West Coast. No, you know anything about going to the West Coast for sure.
0: Yeah, it was a very local experience, mm-hmm. as was Mike. My- yeah. But the whole so- level is changing. You got like HD feeds, you can get it for free.
1: Right. Any games. I watched their games overseas. So, like, they were live streamed. I know that wasn't a thing when I was there.
0: Yeah. What was that like supporting the team from abroad? Did you feel like you could still connect because you could watch the games and stay in touch with people or?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I stay in touch with them on Twitter and I, am really close with Bill Broderick, their head coach. He keeps me in the loop. He's super supportive of me always has been because he was the coach after I left. So I didn't play for him, but he's always been my biggest fan and um, kept me in contact with the girls when I was gone. And now that I'm home more, I got to go to a few more games of theirs. This, um, this past season, they all knew, you know, who I was and are really supportive and they got a really good group of girls for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. And yeah, I'm sure, you know, he said, Stop. you said he's your biggest fan. I'm sure, um, you know, he just loves having a resource like you around and an example for, for the current players and
1: for them yeah to be able
0: to see what you've done not yeah. only at CNU but afterwards.
1: Yeah, I think it just gives the girls a little bit of hope to think that if they work, continue to work hard and believe in themselves that just because you're at division 3 doesn't mean that it has to be the end if you don't want it to be. So I think and they see me too and I'm 5 foot 7 and but I think they they see in me like if you work hard and put your mind to something you can get to where you want to be.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I think a big reason why I started this was, was to kind of collect perspectives on on recruiting so that people could, if they were starting with no information whatsoever, they could watch these videos or listen to these, these audio recordings and, and right. hear how other people had done it. Right. I, I think what I, what I want to get from you is, is to hear, because I read something that you didn't get your first pro offer until eight months after graduating from CNU, is that right?
1: yeah i yep so i graduated in two and obviously 2011 i graduated in may and i didn't sign my contract until january the following year so that would those were some those were some months those were some it was hard it was a hard time for me for sure so i um i played in a pro-am tournament uh that summer and I, I met, I met a guy named Walter Webb who had played in the NBA a little bit and played overseas. And he had kind of just said, you know, what are your plans? I didn't know him from anything. And I told him I wanted to play overseas, but I was really like skinny then and small. Like, I mean, I'm still five seven, but I was like really skinny. So he got me like lifting weights and cause in college, I don't think I picked up a weight too often um and he just said you're not gonna make it you can't go overseas you can't pass the eye test everyone thinks you're too small so mm-hmm. and I had went to the WNBA combine I got an invite to that just from because my senior year I was D3 national player of the year so I got an invite to the WNBA combine out of college and I went to two of those and just all the feedback was just you played at a D3 school and you're really small, you need to go overseas and prove to us that you can get your shot off at that level, basically is what they were kind of saying. Then when he turned around and said the same thing, I thought, okay, if I really want to do this, then I need to do the extra work in the weight room. So that's what I did. And then- I just stayed in the weight room and one of my good friends is an assistant coach at old dominion. And so I just, just with me and him would get in there at like literally almost every night and just work and work and work. And if I didn't have him, I probably would have quit to be honest with you. Like wow. just cause it was a, it was hard for me to get in a good agent just from being division three. And that was like a whole process in itself, trying to find someone that like believed in me and um
0: how did you even know where to start on the agent front? Cause that's, that's a common refrain we hear from the DT yeah. level.
1: So I knew a girl, I met this, I worked at a basketball camp the summer before my senior year. And I met this girl and she played, she played the one at Drexel and she was overseas. And I reached out to her and I got, she gave me her agent information. I sent her all my film and stuff. And that was the first agent I signed with. Wow. And so and I stayed with him and he got my contract in Greece, which was crazy because that first contract in Greece was probably my biggest team overseas. Like Panathinaikos is the biggest club in your in Euro league. I was a little bit over my head right from the start. But,
0: yeah, well let's talk about that. What I mean, you see so you work you work your butt off for eight months, you 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 get stronger, you find an agent, yeah, and you land in Greece as a 22 year old what what happens
1: so I walk into practice and like I think my teammates were like laughing because like so I replaced an American that was like six four huge like a stretch four or something like that and then the coach wanted another point guard and then I walked in I don't think the girls even knew like they just like didn't take me serious at all and then no one spoke English. So it was hard to say because they didn't really speak English either. They were just kind of like I think they were just shocked when I walked in. And then so I think at that point I just had to prove I had to really work hard and prove myself. And that was a whole other again, not having any support or not knowing anybody and struggling in the first few games because everyone was so much bigger than me. The game was so fast, trying to learn the offense and the coach didn't speak English. Like it was just a lot.
0: Um did you and have then, a translator? Like, how did you pick yeah, up the we had,
1: Yeah, we had a translator. But I would say our translator probably spoke as, like, maybe, like, a five- or six-year-old's English. Like, couldn't put, like, together sentences, but could put words together. But the coach, all, all she said to me all season long was Chelsea three-pointer, first five months.
0: <laughs> all she I said, mean, simple uh, instructions, if nothing else.
1: Yeah, so I knew she wanted me to shoot it. but And then the three-point line was so much further back. And like, I had gotten a little bit stronger, but I still wasn't like where I needed to be. Like I was hitting step backs in college and I just couldn't when I first got overseas because the three point line was so far back. I just, I was, I was struggling. So then I, I, after my season in Greece, I thought, I thought I was done. I was like, I can't go back to Europe. Like that was just a lot for me. And so again, I took another break and then met someone that knew somebody that, was an agent in australia so then i was like let me try australia because they speak english and that was like another six months later and then once i went there then i like played like six years continuous but and that was way better it was just so much more americanized i knew what i was eating like in greece i didn't know what i was eating half the time and like Mm -hmm. i was a super 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 picky eater my whole life until i went overseas
0: and, now and I just, had to grow out of it.
1: Yeah, it was just either eat that or starve, so I would just eat it. Yeah. So yeah, it was other, great.
0: Other than the uh, the translator, what did the support network look like? What did you get along with the contract? Like, did they give you housing, a car? Oh, you know? yeah. Like-
1: so yeah, yeah. So I had a, an apartment with the other American, which she was so good. So she played in the WNBA. She was super good. She had played six years already in Greece, so she had like her friend group or whatever already there. So that was helpful. We had a car. So we get an apartment, a car, and then like oh, a couple restaurants to eat at. Um, so that was like all good, but driving in Athens is like a whole another. <laughs> that's a whole nother thing in itself. So I didn't really drive too often. Um, but my teammates like had scooters that we would ride everywhere.
0: And then yeah, probably way better for the city than, than a car.
1: Yeah. It was, yeah, it's crazy. Then they like drive and like the car behind you would just like rear in you. And like, it's just normal though. You just keep going. Like no one gets out. Like somebody knocked our side mirror off one time. We were getting out of the car to go to our game and they just kept driving. I don't know. It was weird.
0: That's insane.
1: But like Greeks too. Like, so we would like literally, so we lost in the championship game, but getting there, like we would beat the worst place team. Like we would have a bad game, but we beat the worst place team by like a couple points. And our fans would be so happy. Like Greeks are like so emotional. So they would be like stoked. But then we would lose to like the number one team by a point. Like they'd be pit- so mad. Like emotions, they were never like even. So like, I remember like when we won, they would take us like really, really, really nice restaurants. And when we lost, like, dude, nobody was saying that. I, I remember they didn't want to talk back- to you. Yeah, I remember walking back to my apartment one time. Our like owner gave me a ride to the game. He, like picked me up. This was like a big game. He was amped up. We lost by a point, And I walked home in the rain. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. So that was wow. definitely different than america for sure they were just like really emotional and then like there was like that was my first time experiencing like betting on our games and stuff like that like we would hear like you know in the community and stuff that there was like bets on our games and stuff like that so wow going from seeing you to that was like all of it was just a lot first. different world yeah
0: for sure and then you yeah maybe you find a little better fit in australia yeah. in 2013 yeah, You've I think you averaged 28 points a game in that first year, make yeah. all league. Yeah, and then ended up winning league MVP in 2015. So, I mean, what was other other than them speaking English, you know what? What about Australia made your game? I think it seems like accelerated your your uh, your game. Um,
1: again, I think I was like two years stronger I think that helped with my confidence the biggest thing for me was literally the language barrier it really was like being able to like communicate with my coach when before like in Greece I couldn't like I just didn't know what she wanted from me and I really mm-hmm. wasn't understanding the offense or like I had no idea what we were doing on defense half the time like I think just not really knowing and being sure and then going back to Australia was like okay I can understand everything the coach is saying I know exactly what he wants like I really do think the language was like a big factor for me. And then I honestly think too, like getting that little bit stronger and having more confidence again, behind the three-point line like that, like I was used to my whole career, definitely helped too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can understand why you're a confident shooter coming out of college, average 46%, which is just outrageous.
1: Yeah, which no one believes until they freaking look it up. It's so annoying
0: that is outrageous we will definitely make sure to highlight yeah. that highlight. Um, thanks 2,869 points in 122 games that means you guys played over 30 games every single season which means you are extremely successful um second all-time in the NCAA women's basketball still
1: yes I'm second so. yeah
0: but. hey it's still pretty still pretty incredible I think it
1: was I think it was 3,011 maybe I was, I don't know it's close but yeah second
0: yeah yeah and then I mean talk about I guess some of the other places because I think you also played in um, Portugal you played in Tasmania which maybe still counts as Australia and uh, Iceland is that right were there any other countries
1: Portugal no that's it yep so I what did I do so after I played a couple seasons in Australia and then I went to Iceland, which was very Americanized there. They speak a lot of English, um, but there was only one American per team in Iceland, which normally there's like, there's two, usually two. Mm -hmm. Um, And Iceland was, it's beautiful. And the people, they are so sweet. It was just hard to be there for eight months with the way the sun is there. So the sun would come up at like 1130 in the morning and set at like three in the afternoon. So that took some time to get used to. And then I broke my hand in Iceland. The second time I was there, I broke my hand and it just was like on the side and it took like four months to heal. So that was like the first time, well, I messed up my ankle in Australia and I missed one game. That was the first time ever in my career that I missed a game. But then in Iceland, I missed four months. And I think that was hard for me just to, because I didn't go home for those four months. I stayed in rehab and worked on my hand out there. Um, and it just like, wasn't healing. And so that was pretty hard, but Iceland's a beautiful country. The people are really sweet there. They were so supportive. They loved me out there. Um, and I think that's like a big part of being overseas or maybe like, because I didn't go away from home for college. I didn't really ever know what it was like to not just walk into that support system. Um, and Iceland, like they definitely supported me from the start. So hmm. And then after that, I went back to Australia and then I went to Portugal in 2016, I think it was, but I played in a place called Funchal Madeira, which is an island that's actually off the coast of Portugal's mainland, where Cristiano Ronaldo's from.
0: Yeah, it's way out there.
1: It was like living in Hawaii for seven months. It was like 80 degrees every day, all winter. It was the best seafood I ever ate. Um... Unfortunately, we lost in the championship game. So I have, I never won a championship overseas, which is sad, but I did play in a few championship games. Um, So then after that season, I broke my nose in my finger in that same season Thought I was done playing I was 26, 27, it was just beat up, like my nose, my hand. I was like, okay, I think maybe I need to do something different that's when I took my coaching job at William & Mary. And, um, which again was close to home. William & Mary's Williamsburg is like an hour and 25, 30 minutes away from where I live. So I was still able to go back and forth a lot. Um, And then I did that for a year, healed up and thought this isn't really for me yet. And I didn't necessarily know if it was just coaching or the environment or still like really wanting to play. But um, at the time I decided to go back and play. So I played for another four years after that.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah. With all that in mind, you know, just what, what takeaways do you feel like now when you talk to current student athletes who are trying to play pro and following your footsteps, either from CNU or other places, what, what are the lessons that you try to like distill down and, and give to them?
1: I think the biggest thing is just believing in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself then how do you expect a coach an agent somebody else who doesn't know you doesn't know the work that you put in or the hours that you spend in the gym so I just think believing in yourself is where you have to start and knowing that you're good enough to play at the next level Um, I also think a lot of kids nowadays just want instant gratification and a lot of times like during those eight months, I mean, I, there was a, several days where I was upset and wanted to quit and wanted, to, you know, and I think having some, a, I had a small support group around me that encouraged me and kept me, you know, going. So I think that's important too, but I just think if you want to do something, you have to be willing to put in the work and, and believe in yourself. I think that's where it starts.
0: Gotcha. And then in terms of just general advice for kids trying to play at the next level in college. Do you still work with, with kids and help train um, at all?
1: I haven't lately just because I've been super busy um, the past few months with reffing, but I, that I will this summer give back for sure. I have a little sister who's eight and she just started playing basketball That's and fun. Yeah. And she, um, is really excited and she's a lot bigger than I was at her age. So it's a little different aspect, but I love to teach her and keep her motivated and just keep her working hard and just making sure that she has fun. Um, she, I think is like probably my biggest project right now to give back, but I definitely want to get more, um, involved with kids in my area for sure.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you're staying in touch with the game by refereeing. How's that been as a perspective shift? And were you always nice to refs as a player or, <laughs> or now are you getting some payback for maybe I'm some abuse?
1: Listen, I'm definitely getting some payback for sure. No, I was not always nice referees at all. I have my fair share of, I got my fair share of some technical pals. Um, they didn't really start though until after college. So I was behaved in college and then I got overseas and yeah, I got a little emotional sometimes with some referees, but um, I'm enjoying it. It's definitely a completely different challenge for me. It was really hard at first um, going from where all my confidence is on the court to step it out as a referee and not really having that confidence. I think that was the biggest thing for me, but it's gotten better for sure.
0: Nice. And what level are you doing?
1: High school
0: very cool so, do, you, do you get to do your alma mater or
1: no i actually didn't i haven't done any schools in our even in our district yet so um i was around more so where i went to school near cnu so i still knew some people some people recognized me but not too many
0: gotcha. yeah and uh i think we're we're getting on close to 30 minute mark so just to close this out, uh, yep. what's been your take on on this year's CNU Ladies team and and the run they've made? And and this, I love your prediction on the their game against Trinity this afternoon.
1: Um, I'm just so proud of them. I'm so proud of how they persevered through COVID. Um, I know that would have been extremely difficult to stay at CNU and keep grinding all the way through, you know, the half COVID season, the first year, and then all COVID basically last year, I think that it shows something about the girls sticking together and working together and seeing the big picture at the end of the, the light at the end of the tunnel. I think Um, they have a few seniors this year and I think it's just really exciting. I think the girls are coming together at the most perfect time. And I'm just excited just watching them and I'm just I really hope they get a W at Amherst for sure. And we still can't stand that place, but I'm just excited for him. I'm really excited for Bill. He pours his heart and soul into that university. He loves those girls. He cares about them. And I just I really hope they bring home the national championship.
0: Yeah, that'd be quite the fitting it would to an incredible season
1: go celebrate with them so it'd be a really exciting time
0: yeah I think it, I think it'd be appropriate if it was a if it was a hope Christopher Newport final and, oh, and
1: I, I thought for sure it would be I don't know how it's not but yeah. we'll see moving forward I don't know if they already have I know they have the final four destination but I don't know about next week so we'll see mm-hmm. and the men are rolling too so yeah and he's got a dominant program going on there as well and he's a big fan of mine supporting me my whole career so I'm extremely proud of him too thank you yeah
0: they had a great year yeah all right well any last words here wrap it up we'll give you uh give you the mic to, to close it out
1: no I'm good just thanks for having me I appreciate you reaching out and following my journey um if you need anything else don't hesitate to reach out or you got some student athletes that need, you know, some help after graduating or someone to point them in the right direction to continue their career. Don't hesitate to give out my information.
0: I'd love to yeah. help out. Appreciate that. And that's what this is all about. Just all right. former thanks. athletes trying to help the next generation. So yep. thanks again. This has been uh, our, our interview with Chelsea Schwears, former Christopher Newport university, women's basketball player. Uh, thanks for joining us. See you next time.